So, John, have you ever created a fake identity to get laid? Oh, yeah. Uh, do I want to ask more? All I can say is that there is many a short-sighted European walking around the world today who thinks they had a wild night in the hay with Prince Harry. So you think you can pass Prince Harry? I don't know what's so hard to believe about that. He's dashing. I'm dashing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, joining me as always is John. Hello. And today is episode 99. 99. So yeah, that's pretty close to the big one. Mm-hmm. Um, about to become a three-digit podcast. That's that's an achievement. We've done well. Yeah. Yeah. Not that many podcasts get to three digits. No. I mean, let's be honest, a fair few have. Feel, yes, <laughs> but not many, you know. I'm sure we're in the upper percentile at this point. Mm, Definitely, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, well done us. Yeah, indeed. So, yeah, uh, well, thank you everybody for getting us to 99, and uh, hopefully we'll make it one more week. Yeah, don't jump off now. (laughs) (laughs) It's just about to get good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Of course, we're going to do a live show next week, so this episode will be coming out on Friday the 18th, I believe, Mm -hmm. and uh, our live show is going to be Saturday 19th, so literally tomorrow if you listen to this on release day yeah and um, if so wherever you are in the world there's probably still time yeah <laughs> you, <laughs> you can, can get to probably Leeds. get to leeds you know um, charter a jet you yeah know, get parachuted into, the, away, in, into yeah. the back room of the chemic tavern and uh, yeah How, the more dramatic the entrance the better oh, as long as you're there for 8 p.m that's all that matters to us yeah sure after that locked doors don't matter yeah. where you've come from no 801 don't even try it mm. so in, anybody who can't make it the episode will go out a week later on, on, on via on, the usual channels on, yes. on, on the usual feed. Yes. I'm very much so. looking forward to editing that one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that difficult. I hope not. I hope no. not. I just feel like live audience will make make harder to make obvious cuts. You know, we'll just don't make cuts. It's all gold, John. Uh, I, well, what, true. There, there will be no awkward moments as well. Why do you cut out my amazing humour all the time? Yeah, right. You know, I'm a successful comedian, but yet you just make me sound like normal here. <laughs> It's have, you, not you know, have, you, have you noticed that the edit's basically just a monologue? This show is a one-person podcast. Like, <laughs> you're not even on it. Aww. This is just me talking to no one. Like. <laughs> well, well done, John, on, on getting to episode 99. Thank you. I'm very proud of me. I hope episode, I hope episode 100 goes well for you. So do I. <laughs> All right, are we done with this? Yeah, let's drop this. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, True Lies. Um, true Lies. For some reason you picked this for our 99th episode, but whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Mm. You say that like you didn't enjoy this film. This film was everything I expected. In a good way? Just in a way. Because, okay, here's the thing. I've had this film on the shortlist for a while. Mm -hmm. I decided to fast track it to episode 99 Mm -hmm. after our... (laughs) So you waited 99 weeks. Well, it wasn't like on week one, but it's been spinning in the back of my mind for Mm -hmm. the past few months. I don't know. I was just waiting for the right time. Mm -hmm. But then when we did our year-end review of 2018 recently, Mm -hmm. um, we discussed the film Skyscraper with yes. The Rock. And you said that that was a 10 out of 10 perfect film, could not be improved upon. Mm-hmm. And... No, this is not a 10 out of 10. No, but... Nowhere near. But do you think... Because the, the reasons that you gave for liking Skyscraper, mm-hmm. I feel like, are also the reasons why this film is very good. No, there's a big difference between The Rock and Arnie, and both these films are sold on their lead. Sure, sure, sure. And the thing is, 
you can't take Arnie seriously, ever. But I don't think you're supposed to. But the Rock, you can. Okay, sure. Is the thing, and that's that's what makes the films so different to me. Like, I can watch Skyscraper and just I can take it seriously and really enjoy it for that. Sure. Whereas this one, it's clearly not made to be taken seriously, mm-hmm. but it's also not spoof. This film no. is, it's somewhere in between the two. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I don't like about it. Oh, I'm so disappointed. I thought you would love this. I thought you'd be eating this up with a spoon. I mean, there were bits, yeah, certainly. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, just, I feel like I wanted it to be a bit more spoofy. I really thought you'd love this because for me, I don't know, maybe I misunderstood what you liked about Skyscraper. Because I thought you liked Skyscraper because it's a one-legged action hero fighting his way through a burning yeah, building with his with his prosthetic <laughs> leg, you know, uh-huh. jumping off buildings, climbing a building. You know, all it's just crazy. Uh-huh. And I mean. In terms of true lies, the level of absurdity <laughs> that this film achieves mm-hmm. is off the scale. Yeah. Like, there are moments in this film, multiple moments in this film, that just really go off the deep end, but I think it works. I don't know. I think because it's it's got an element of seriousness to it, you can't help but get annoyed when it gets predictable. Just like, There were bits in this, for example, the terrorists who are driving along the bridge sure. and... They shoot the rocket launcher backwards. Yes. Which kills one of the terrorists. Mm-hmm. And then they stop at the very, very last minute and they're dangling over a cliff. That? Fine. The bird landing on the bonnet? Not fine. You didn't like that? No, not at all. Them then falling down and uh, breaking into explosion the moment they touch the water? Great. <laughs> okay. So, like, it had had some great elements in, in the action scenes of ridiculousness, which yeah. is exactly what I was hoping for. Uh-huh. But it did then have just a few in there that were just like, mm, no, no, not there for this at all. Okay. I feel like I need to do some more work to unpick what constitutes good action versus bad action for you, because I've, it's more clearly it's more complex than I imagined. Mm. There's a lot more nuance than I expected with this. I mean, it's, I'd say it's probably a genre that I have a big interest in and you don't, similar to most things you like. Um, I don't know, but just like, uh, th- things that you like when it's just bad and you're laughing at people doing like a bad job at acting or just sure. like they're wearing an odd wig or something mm-hmm. and I really don't quite get what you're laughing at. Okay. I think that's what we've got here. Okay, but... Is my version of that. But I really like it's this like, film. It, it's like when I try and pick out a bad film for you and it just doesn't work. I don't want to say it doesn't Lights work. Lights of Aston. Sure, but I enjoy talking about it. Yeah, it's not a film I want to watch multiple times, but yeah. I enjoy talking about. Oh, it. I'm sure I'm going to enjoy talking okay, about it. Okay, fair enough. Well. Yeah, but I mean, I really liked this film. Yeah, and I don't think this is a bad film because mm-hmm. I mean, I do have a, I do have a tendency to enjoy films that are just outright terrible. Mm. But I think this is a well-made action film. Mm-hmm. I mean, we should probably deal with the elephant in the room right now. This film is very problematic. <laughs> There's a lot of this film that has dated poorly. There's um, a lot of this film that is offensive. <laughs> there is uh, something that my, my housemate told me. She did a little research after after the film and found out about what, what I think one of the directors or writers or something said about making a sequel. Oh, James Cameron, the director, yes. Yeah, James Cameron, yeah, I forgot it was him. Do you know this? Yes, he said that after 9-11, it wasn't fun to make funny films about terrorism anymore. Yeah. Which is... No, no, I, th- no, I, th- I think he, the words he used were... Terrorists aren't funny anymore. Terrorists aren't funny anymore, which implies that terrorists were ever funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this is a racist film. Yeah, yes. And there's no getting away from that. No, this film no. is horribly stereotypical of Muslims, mm-hmm. of the Arabic culture. Mm-hmm. There is no getting away. It's, it's also not a film that treats women terribly well. No. So you do have to just acknowledge that and, you know, make your peace with it or not, mm-hmm. you know. See, Skyscraper didn't do any of those things. Oh, no, because that's a modern film. Mm-hmm. The, the, this, this film is 
pure 1996 mm-hmm. or whatever, 1995. You know, it is so a product of its time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that that excuses the more unpleasant stuff in this film, but there's a you know this film wouldn't get made today in the same way, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm glad that we have progressed past the very reductive stereotypes that this film portrays. Yeah. But yeah, so you do need to just accept that and I'm not saying you need to accept it and forgive it, but to acknowledge, I'm just saying as viewers, we're not blind to it. That's a problem. Mm. It's an issue. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, this film rocks. In other ways, <laughs> this film rocks. Like, <laughs> okay, what were your favourite bits then? Okay, Well, I feel like the appeal of this film to me mm. is that I feel like from watching this film, because as I mentioned, the, the absurdity levels go so high. It really goes to such places. I feel like the script for this film every stage direction ended with, like, three exclamation marks. <laughs> Didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He rides a horse into a hotel on a lift then he jumps off into a swimming pool. It's like... <laughs> yeah. It just keeps getting sillier. Mm-hmm. I think this is the best use of, of Arnie for me because this is... Because he's not a great actor, mm-hmm. let's be honest, but he's a great action star mm-hmm. and he does have a lot of charisma. This, for me, feels like Arnold Schwarzenegger in a James Bond movie. Yeah, yeah, it does. In a late Pierce Brosnan James Bond movie. (laughs) Yeah. And if this was a Pierce Brosnan James Bond movie with the exact same script, it would be a dying of a day disaster. And, you know, but because it's Arnie and it's James Cameron and it's got that little wink, wink, nudge, nudge Mm -hmm. vibe to it, it totally gets away with it. Yeah. Mostly. Like I said, I'm not excusing the racism, I'm not excusing the sexism, Mm -hmm. which we'll get, we'll talk about. But on the whole, because it doesn't try to be a serious movie in the way that I think even the silliest James Bond films want to be taken seriously on some level. Mm -hmm. It gets away with it, and it is more enjoyable for that. Yeah. Because it is just utter absurdity. (laughs) Utter, utter absurdity. (laughs) Yep, yeah, it completely is. (laughs) So that's what I like about it. Yeah. Um, And no, you're fair to like that, because, you know, just like having the main terrorist fall down onto the missile and get fired through a building into a helicopter full of other terrorists, and... That saves the day. With the line, you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the standard we're working at here. Mm-hmm. This is Arnie doing Arnie at his most Arnie. Mm-hmm. Like, it is peak Arnie, and I feel like it's peak James Cameron as well, mm. in many ways. Yeah. So it opens, and I was immediately happy because it had some severely 90s font work going on. Oh, yes. <laughs> it was, this was like some Magnum Sans realness. Like, yeah. It was just like so bold and like simple and harsh. Mm-hmm. So it's like Lightstorm Entertainment, which mm-hmm. is James Cameron's production company. I've never heard of that before. Like I, like I watched that that little in- intro thing. Yeah. Like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And... And I saw it, and like that production company did not do well. Did well, not, did not. Last they long. did because they they produced every subsequent James Cameron movie. They clearly had a redesign. Sure, yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if they did Titanic, but I believe Lightstorm is involved in Avatar, mm-hmm. and they did. I think the Terminator films as well. So okay. all, all the Terminator Two film, the one that um, Cameron did. So yeah, it's not just a one film production company, but yeah, it definitely is a product of its time, hundred mm-hmm. percent. And then so the film opens. We are in Switzerland, mm-hmm. and. Arnie is playing a red-blooded American mm-hmm. 
with an Austrian accent, mm-hmm. a very thick Austrian accent. So he's a member of this US secret agents society called the Omega Sector. Sure. Yeah, it's just it's the FBI or something. It's the Secret Service. Yeah. He's an American. A generic Secret Service. Generic American special agent. Yeah. Yes. We first see him infiltrating this Swiss mansion full of evil villains mm-hmm. by swimming underneath a lake mm-hmm. in a wetsuit. Mm-hmm. There's something about Arnold Schwarzenegger in a wetsuit that I found unsettling. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for it. Yeah. He looks like the world's scariest gimp. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Because, like, you don't want a gimp to look like it could beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> and this gimp would beat the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. It was unsettling. Yep. Anyway, so... He pulls off his wetsuit, mm-hmm. and underneath it, he is wearing a perfectly preserved evening suit. <laughs> yes. See, this is the point where the film should have lent more into being a spoof, mm-hmm. because it was just ridiculous at this point. Like, come on, that would never be like that. Whereas if they'd have made that the joke, like a little mm-hmm. laughing point, then it would have worked really well. Well, one thing I noticed watching this back this time for the first time in a good 10 years, as much as Austin Powers is a huge James Bond spoof, Austin Powers took a lot from True Lies. Mm-hmm. A lot. And we'll get to some other things that Austin Powers directly yeah. took from True Lies. But definitely, I think, this level of like absurd spy stuff. Mm. I think James Cameron probably knew it was ridiculous, but kind of was like, we'll play it straight, but they'll laugh and it's fine. Yeah. Whereas Austin Powers was like, ho, 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 this mm. is absurd. So I definitely think there's an Austin Powers vibe to this. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a pre-Austin Powers movie. Yeah. Anyway, so he pulls off his wetsuit. He's in his perfectly preserved evening's gown. And then he walks into the Swiss mansion full of all these evil millionaire cultural stereotypes, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and it's at this point that I'm thinking, why would you ever send Arnold Schwarzenegger on an undercover mission? Because he is the most conspicuous man in the world. Isn't he just? And he's not even trying. Like no. He looks very conspicuous because he's like seven foot tall and he's like mm. 300 pounds of pure muscle. Mm-hmm. But he's walking through this room full of like these millionaires he's trying to infiltrate and he's just like, hi! How's it going? Oh, hello! Lovely to see you again. Like, a, what are you doing? There's a point where he literally headbutts a random person because he walks into them. Yes. Doesn't even apologise. No. <laughs> he is not blending in by no. any stretch of the imagination. No. I did enjoy the subtitles because there was one bit where it's, it just translates what he's saying and then in brackets, in perfect Persian. Yes, in perfect Arabic. Like, <laughs> or whatever I don't it was, believe yeah. that for a second. But the film is telling me. <laughs> I don't think Arnold Schwarzenegger speaking perfect Arabic for a second, but mm. if you say so. <laughs> and he meets Tia Carrera, who is some kind of antiques dealer, mm. who's got connections to the terrorist group that he is investigating, I yeah. guess. Uh, the terrorist group is called Crimson Jihad, <laughs> which is one of many moments in the film lacking in subtlety, I'm mm-hmm. sure. So him and Tia Carrera, like, they're having a proper James Bond plus Bond girl moment mm-hmm. that culminates in them dancing the tango together. Yes, for, for no reason. For no reason other than the plot demands it. Mm-hmm. Demands? Well, you know. <laughs> I mean, let's cut to the chase. Arnold Schwarzenegger cannot dance. No. <laughs> it's a lot of cutaways. It's a lot of shots of the shoulders. There's, mm-hmm. not, there's no full body shots. Yeah. She's basically dancing around an oak tree. Yes. <laughs> I think the only bit you see him do is when he's just sort of walking in one direction, literally dragging her. Yes. Yeah, he is absolutely dragging her. <laughs> so he's doing all of that, mm-hmm. and the guards get wind of the fact that there's a, someone is in infiltrated at the party. Mm-hmm. His teammates, his mm-hmm. colleagues, so you've got Tom Arnold and, I forget the other guy, uh, they're sat in like a van listening in, so they're like, Arnie, get out of there, you've been compromised, whatever. Yeah. So it's okay, time to go. So he leaves. <laughs> and then, there's going to be lots of bad Austrian accents. Okay, great. <laughs> 
So then he, he's like trying to like subtly escape the building. Mm. And then the guards come up and they're like, can we see your invitation? He's like, here's my invitation. Click. Bang. The entire mansion explodes. <laughs> I mean, it's not the entire mansion. It's, no, just, like, like, it's just an explosion. He's planted a huge bomb. Yeah. Yeah. People are going to die. Yeah. Not for the last time in this film. <laughs> There's guards chasing him. There's the classic hail of bullets, but not hit him. Mm-hmm. Two attack dogs jump See, at him. This this is another bit where the film could have... Well, the attack dogs is a bad example, but where everything else could have been a bit more spoofy. Mm-hmm. The dogs was great for that. Yeah. Because, I knew you'd like that. Yeah. yeah. But just like the, the people that chase him down the hill on skis or whatever, and he's just running. Yes. And there is a point where he does the worst forward roll in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where he literally just sort of dives and then just falls down the hill for a few metres. Yeah, it could have been a lot more spoofy because he was just taking people out left, right and centre. Mm-hmm. And it could have just got ridiculous. Because this was just... Okay, there's about, what, eight people that he takes out here? Make it 80. Sure. Yeah. Just like, he's really just going Just ramp for it up. It. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, start off slow and then just make it more... and like, Realise it's getting ridiculous and, that, and so then just make it more. I mean, I would argue it's already pretty ridiculous, but... I think it, it should have been more. It, should, sh- have it should have been more or think, it should have been less. Well, I think this film walks the line. I think it makes a conscious choice to be silly but not to be a full-on spoof. Mm. Like, Austin Powers very quickly establishes that there is nothing about this to be taken seriously. It mm-hmm. is pure spoof. Well, yeah. I don't think this is a satire or a spoof movie. It is an action film that you're supposed to believe in but it's also taking it to the nth degree mm. and it's a hard thing to get right but I think this is something James Cameron does quite well but I disagree you disagree that's yeah. fine anyway he escapes and he returns home and then we get we discover that he is in fact living a double life mm-hmm. because he has a wife played by Jamie Lee Curtis mm-hmm. and a daughter played by baby Elijah Dushku mm-hmm. he has not told his wife and daughter that he's a secret agent so as far as they're concerned he's just like a boring businessman who does a lot of like international stuff. He has to travel a lot for his job. Mm-hmm. So we're supposed to believe that he's been married for like 15 years to Jamie Lee Curtis mm-hmm. and he's never told her that he's actually a secret agent. Yeah. Sure. So we find out that obviously this Harry and the team, um, not you, Harry, this the Arnie character. Oh, really? Not me? Oh, not sorry. You, sorry I, yeah. I, I misunderstood that. Sorry. Are on the trail of this terrorist group called Crimson Jihad mm-hmm. and they've got wind of the fact that he's on their trail. So they tr- attempt to assassinate him in a toilet. Mm-hmm. And then we get a scene that I didn't realise Mission Impossible had just taken wholesale, the most recent <laughs> one, where a bunch of terrorists attack Arnold Schwarzenegger in a public urinal mm-hmm. and just shoot the shit out of it. And he basically snaps a lot of necks and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he shoves the guy's head into the urinal and goes, here, cool off. Mm-hmm. And then all the water spits on them. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just craziness. And the lead of the terrorist organisation, played by Art Malik. He gets away, and there's a very extensive chase sequence, which for me is the highlight of the film. <laughs> uh, I guess the horse getting in the lift, that's probably it. Yeah. yeah. So, the guy... The- I, I, I was kind of hoping... So when the terrorist motorbikes across two skyscrapers, mm-hmm. lands in a swimming pool. Yeah. A very convenient rooftop swimming pool. And then Arnie nearly does the same. If it was a spoof movie, it would have happened. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm just imagining like a Blues Brothers going over a jump sort of thing, where it gets higher and higher every time. And sure, yeah, he land, he lands it or whatever with no, tr- no difficulty. Or like in Spice World, the movie where it becomes like a claymation thing. It's just like yeah, 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 <laughs> just something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's kind of what I wanted there. I don't really want it to, to go the way it did with Arnie doing humour, which never has worked in the history of cinema. Is that what your problem with this film is that you don't find Arnold Schwarzenegger to be funny? Mm, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. He's not good at comedy. No, he's not. He can't. He well, he can't, he can't act. Yeah. But I think he doesn't need to be because he 
if he just commits to a ridiculous situation, it becomes funny automatically. There's something about him riding a horse through a hotel, which is just inherently funny to me. I think he's good as just, like, a blank action hero in a film. Okay. And that film can be a comedy, like the first half of Last Action Hero. It's fine, because he's just playing your standard blank action hero. I mean, have you seen the second half yet? No. I see, I have no idea how that film is. (laughs) No. I probably won't watch it either. Okay. Yeah, and so, like, that, and obviously Terminator works really well. Okay. But when he's trying to do comedy... mm, no, no, okay. To each their own. No, he can move on and somebody else can take his place. Okay. Well, anyway, I loved it. So the terrorist steals a motorbike. Arnie chases him on a police horse. The terrorist drives into a hotel. Arnie mm-hmm. chases, still on the horse. The terrorist drives his motorcycle into into a lift, a glass lift, and goes mm-hmm. up many flights of stairs. Mm-hmm. Arnie, obviously, rather than jumping off the horse, stays on the horse, mm-hmm. maneuvers the horse into a lift. Mm-hmm. The lift of the horse goes upstairs. Mm-hmm. Then they're on the top of the building. Then the terrorist rides his motorcycle off the top of the skyscraper, lands in a swimming pool in the next skyscraper along. Mm-hmm. Arnie tries to make the horse do the same. The horse is like, whoa, no shit. Yeah. Stops the last minute. <laughs> Arnie goes flying over the edge and then has to like coax the horse into walking backwards so he can get yeah. back onto the roof, basically. It's insane and it's hilarious and I loved it. Sure. Yeah. That happens. And then we kind of abandon the terrorism story for a good hour of this movie. <sighs> Easily the worst hour of this movie. I mean, it had its highlight. Sure. A single, single highlight. Which, of course, is the hotel scene. Yeah. But for... I don't know, maybe it got through the first 10, 15 minutes of this whole plot, and I was like, so how does this tie into the rest of the movie? Does it, it really takes a left turn, it doesn't does, it? It does, doesn't it? It sets up a plot and then totally drops the plot. After like 40 minutes of solid plot building, mm. it just drops it entirely. And then it comes back to it in the end, but it does take a good, like, 45 minutes. It's just mm. like, we don't care about the terrorists anymore. Mm. Now this film is a domestic comedy. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it felt like a different movie. It was, well, yeah, it became a completely different film. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so then after all this has happened, we figure out that in the midst of all of this terrorist fighting, horse riding, hotel trashing mm-hmm. madness, he's missed his birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Jamie Lee Curtis and Eliza Dushku have been waiting for him to come back and, you know, celebrate his birthday. And he hasn't, so he's neglecting his family because he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's too busy saving the world, the mm-hmm. classic superhero problem. The next day he tries to make it up to Jamie Lee Curtis by going to visit her in work, mm-hmm. overhears her on the phone to a strange guy begins to suspect that she might be having an affair. Mm. So he uses government resources to basically track her, which is highly illegal. And oh, this film goes on for so long. I, I, I told you this would take a while. There's a lot to cover. <laughs> so he basically is tracking her, mm. presume there's no paper trail, whatever, and discovers that she's having a sort of an affair with Bill Paxton from Titanic. Mm-hmm. And many other... I think he's in Terminator 2, isn't he, as well? Or... Yeah, he's in a lot of James Cameron. He, he, I think he was a big James Cameron collaborator. Mm. Like He was in all of them. Yeah. yeah. I liked him in this. Yeah. He was yeah, funny yeah, in a yeah, pretty he, thankless role. He, really got, he had a good look. He, we'll get to it, yeah. She's having sort of an affair with Bill Paxton, who is a used car salesman, who is, coincidentally, massive coincidence, he's pretending to be a secret agent to get yes. her into bed. Yes. Which is apparently mm. how he gets women. Mm-hmm. Arnie figures this out, and then he does the sad bloof walk from Arrested Development across the road. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> it's like he's got his, his head yeah. down, he's like, Whoop, so sad, and the car's like screeching to a halt. Mm. Like, <laughs> made me laugh. He, and then he goes, again, this is when his accent made me laugh the most in this film. When Tom Arnold's like, what, what's wrong with you, man? What's wrong? And he mm. goes, she's having an affair. <laughs> it's not an affair, it's an affair. Mm-hmm. Hold it! 
like that gun kicked. That's hell. It's Helen. It's Helen. Helen has something to do with Helen, I'm guessing. Helen. Helen. Helen? Helen is having an affair. But yes, Bill Paxton is giving great 90s arsehole. Mm. Great costuming. Oh, yeah. It really reminded me... He would have been too young at the time to do the role. It really reminded me of a Sam Rockwell performance. It did. It's a very Sam Rockwell. Yeah. With the moustache and the floral shirt and mm-hmm. just the general... Creepiness. Creepy, yeah. Mm. Creepiness, definitely. Sam um, Rockwell's just... He plays creepy so well, but he's just such a great guy. Yeah. True, yeah. Don't know what it is. Maybe he would have been too likable, whereas Bill Paxton manages to make it just repulsive. But in a fun way. Sam Rockwell can be very unlikable. Oh, true, yeah. He could have done this. It could have been him, definitely. He's a used car salesman, and Arnie pretends to be a customer to kind of learn more about him. And then Mm -hmm. that's how he ends up talking to him about... Unbeknownst to Bill Paxton, he's telling Arnie how he's trying to sleep with Arnie's wife. So he's like, oh yeah, I'm conning this girl right now. She's beautiful. She's got great tits, and she's got an ass like a 10-year-old boy. (laughs) Which I was like, ugh! <laughs> ugh! Is that what people say? That is disgusting. That is revolting. Oh, God. I forgot about that, to be honest. That was repugnance. Um, so, who are you working on right now? Oh, I always got a couple on the hook, you know. There's this one right now. I got her pinned like a dog. <laughs> it's great. What does she do? Some sort of legal secretary or something. You know, uptight and conservative. Oh. She could be so hot if she wanted to be. And with you, she gets to be real hot, huh? <laughs> Red hot! Yeah. Her thighs, Steve. <laughs> it's like a dying plant just needs a little water. Married to some boring jerk. Married to some boring jerk. Yeah, you know he doesn't appreciate her. She's like all these babes. You get their pilot lit, they can suck start a leaf blower. <laughs> oh, God, she's got the most incredible body. And a pair of titties make you want to stand up and beg for buttermilk. Ass like a ten-year-old boy. <laughs> So he, he's set up this kind of romantic rendezvous with Jamie Lee Curtis, mm-hmm. who still thinks he's like a secret agent, basically. So then she goes to this meeting, which is in his trailer. Yeah. And then he's trying to like seduce her. He's like, we need to have sex so that you can be comfortable with me, because mm-hmm. then when we're going to go to Paris together and you're going to pretend to be my wife or whatever it was, mm-hmm. some cockamamie story. And at the last minute, she's like, no, I can't do this. I love my husband. I can't cheat on him, whatever. Because obviously she can't actually have an affair because that would make her unlikable. Mm-hmm. And then... She, so she, like, rejects him, but before she can leave, Arnie organises a full-on SWAT team assault on this trailer. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, like, what mission did these people think they were on? Like, all the people who storm this trailer, literally there's helicopters, there's multiple armed soldiers, mm-hmm. they kidnap Jamie Lee Curtis, mm-hmm. they kidnap him. I mean, they're probably not told very much, they're probably just told... This the, is your target. Yeah. Th- these are people of interest and sure. we, we need to acquire them. I wanted a scene where he presented the report to his superiors. Like, yeah. so, what was that? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it happens. And then there's a very, I think it, a point when the film became a bit too mean-spirited. Yeah. And horrible. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> when they're threatening to kill Bill Paxton. Yeah. They're basically holding him at the top of a skyscraper like, we're going to drop you, we're going to drop you. And he's crying. It's by a bridge, but yeah. Or whatever. Well, it's a tall drop. Mm-hmm. They're, gonna, they're threatening to kill him. Mm-hmm. And he's begging for his life. And then it's like, he's like, oh, I've got a micro penis. It's really embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And he's crying. And then he pisses himself. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't like this anymore. This has gone too far. Yeah, this, like, is, this is just this being mean. This isn't funny anymore. No, this is just upsetting. Yeah. No. 
then they're like, oh, it's fine, you can go. And he's like, but when I turn around, you're going to shoot me, you're going to shoot me. They're like, we're not going to shoot you. He's like, you can. And he's, I don't know, it was just a lot. And then the guy does shoot. And then they do shoot, 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 legs, shoot yeah. the floor, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, without even looking. <laughs> yeah. There are certain points when I'm like, James Cameron is not a nice man. And I think no. scenes like this are like, telling. Mm. But anyway, that happens. Mm-hmm. And then that character's not really in it until the end. And then, so then Jamie Lee Curtis is like, in a interrogation room. Mm-hmm. And they conduct a whole fake interrogation, basically mm-hmm. Arnie and Tom Arnold, just to kind of try and figure out whether she's already slept with Bill Paxton, which she has not. Mm-hmm. And he, she kind of confesses that the reason she kind of fell into this whole trap was that she's very bored and very neglected because mm-hmm. her husband doesn't pay enough attention to her and she feels like she's not doing anything with her life. And to be fair, Jamie Lee Curtis is... I think she is the MVP of this film mm. because these are the kind of scenes... This film could just be horrible because it's so exploitative in this kind of way. It treats women so horribly, but she plays it in a way that you can really believe her. Like she's she's very funny in this film. Yeah. She's also very believable in the, in this scene. Like she sells it, and mm. you need her to sell it in this. Mm-hmm. And she does. So she's great. So she's like, look, I just feel like my life has just been really boring and bland, and I just wanted to do something that was exciting. And so he kind of Arnie kind of feels bad. About, not too bad. He still is lying to her. He, he feels sympathy for her, you know. So he decides to, rather than tell her the truth, he orchestrates this whole kind of thing to let her play at being a secret agent for a mm-hmm. while so she can feel like she's doing something exciting. Which means that he's, without telling her that it's him, he says, well, you need to go to a hotel room, seduce this agent for us and plant a bug. Otherwise, we're going to send you to prison for life. So obviously she's, she has to do it. Yeah. And they're like, we'll call you. So then they let her go. And then a few days later, they call her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, go to this hotel at this time, seduce this guy and then plant the bug. And she agrees because she has to. Mm-hmm. So then we cut to a few days later, she got aroused at the hotel. And... She's wearing this 80s prom night disaster dress. Yeah. It is so ugly. Yeah. But it made me laugh so much because this is... She, so she's walking through the hotel corridor wearing this hideous black dress and then she looks in the mirror and she's like, oh, it's a bit much, isn't it? <laughs> and then she pulls off all the ruffles and the sleeves. She's wet to hair a bit and suddenly she goes from like... The movie becomes a softcore porn for like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's like suddenly she goes from like the frumpy housewife who's been wearing just like cardigans all mm. the movie and suddenly she's, it's just a bit of wet, a bit of water in the hair and just pulling off a few things and now suddenly she's like a high-end hooker. Mm. She's like, she's just a full prostitute at this point. <laughs> it was great. She did it well. She looked fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that's because Jamie Lee Curtis is hot but it was yeah. just like, it was so funny the way they just, the transformation made me laugh so much. It was mm. like, ooh, suddenly I'm sexy. Mm. She goes into the hotel room, and of course, the person she's meeting is her own husband. Yeah. But she can't see him, mm-hmm. even though he's like three feet away from her, just in slight darkness. Mm-hmm. But her eyes just don't adjust because it's a movie. So he's just sat there with like a fake, um, a voice, uh, a voice recorder with yeah. some pre-recorded dialogue. Yeah. And he tells her that she needs to do a sexy dance for him. It's just awful because, <laughs> like. He's already pre-planned that she's not going to be good at it, and then it's going to be good at it. Yeah. And, like, her dance is just... It comes out of nowhere, and it's very uncomfortable. I found it hilarious, though. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like, oh, she's doing all this for just for, like, some guy, and, like, oh, no. And it's actually her husband's, like, controlling her, making her do this. This is just not... No, morally, it's horrible, mm-hmm. but... As 10 minutes, 5 minutes of physical comedy, I think she is really funny. I really didn't find that 
funny at all. Not even when she like tries to grab the pole and she misses it and she falls backwards. Like yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. But like the whole situation. The situation like, is very cruel. Yeah, of like he's threatened her family. Yeah. So she now needs to pretend to be a prostitute for an evening. Yeah. And no, that part is yeah that that part is really aged poorly. It's very this film is very cruel to her character. Yeah. yeah. And then to to think that in the the same film, three terrorists get killed by a heron landing on their bonnet. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Like, what's going on? The tone of this film is never really settled. No, no, it's, it's not, not at all. No. But I do think she... Again, if this was almost any other actress, this would just be upsetting and mm-hmm. it would be horrible. It works to the extent that it works because she is a great physical comedian and I do think she sells this scene and makes it really funny. Mm. I, I really like when he's like, dance. And then she just starts doing like the Macarena. And then he's like, no, dance sexy. And then she really tra- she does a full-on stripper dance. And it does become like a softcore porn for a minute. Mm-hmm. But then when she's like falling over and stuff, and she's licking the bug, because she's mm-hmm. trying to find it. She she sells. All I can say is that, for me, she sells it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's acceptable. It's Obviously, it's a very dated and quite sexist scene, but mm-hmm. I think she sells it as well as she possibly can. But thankfully, this scene ends with the plots finally come together. <laughs> then it all comes together, yeah. So that all happens. She doesn't recognise him. He's about to reveal, reveal the truth to her, tell the truth, it's just me, it's Harry. She hits him over the head because mm-hmm. she thinks he's going to rape her, obviously, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. But then just as they're about to like reveal the truth, then suddenly the actual terrorists storm the building, kidnap both of them. Because they've obviously been tracking him, Arnie. Mm-hmm. But she thinks they've been tracking her because she thinks she's the one on a mission, even though she's on a fake mission. Yeah. And that was, again, that was made this scene particularly funny when she's like, will you let me handle it, please, Arnie? Because she thinks she's the secret agent. It's great. Yeah. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't do anything. No! He has nothing to do with it. I am the one you want! Okay? Quiet, Arnie. Do what they say. Come on, guys. Let the hooker go. She's not important. Lucia! Please just let me handle this! Shut up! We have kidnapped, taken to the terrorist headquarters, and it turns out that the terrorists are... This is Crimson Jihad from the first half of the movie. Mm -hmm. Their whole plot is that they're smuggling nuclear agents... Nuclear... Weapons. Weapons, nuclear bombs, yeah. Inside ancient antiques or something. Yeah. And that's why Tia Carrera is involved, because she is... I guess she's kind of discovered the antiques and she's helping to ship them. She's I helping think so, to, yeah. yeah. That's her questionable role in all of this. It's vague, it's vague. Mm. So, yes, and they're going to use this to blackmail the US government to pull out of the Persian Gulf. Mm. So, like, they're like, you know, you've been bombing our country for years. We will nuke you unless you pull your armies out of, mm-hmm. you know, out of our country. Yeah. Essentially. This is the bit where the film really starts to get away from me. And I have no idea what's going on. Okay, how so? So, yeah, the terrorists have taken them to this this warehouse, essentially, mm-hmm. for... God knows why. Yeah. I don't know what it is they wanted to know from him. Well, they want him to be on camera. To, they, they want American hostages. Yeah. To strengthen their case. I, no, I got that, but why were they interrogating him? Oh, because he's a secret agent, so they want to know how much he knows, I think. I mean, it's unclear. It doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter to their plan at all. Oh. Yeah, so then they try and make a video to just say, like, hey, we've got nuclear weapons and we're going to launch them on your cities once a week or whatever. Sure. And I've no idea where they are. I think they're in is it the Florida Keys or something? Yes. This is <clears> some <throat> cockamamie reason why no one can trace them. So they're on some island that connects via bridges to the USA, so there's no, like, checkpoints. Yeah. I don't know. And so then, after that all happens, you know, they, they place a nuclear bomb under some concrete or something with a 90-minute mm-hmm. countdown. Yes. And then they get on some bridges... 
from the Keys, I guess, going to the mainland? Yeah, mainland I, I, America. Gonna, I, I think so, yeah. Mainland USA, yeah. I assumed it was the other way around, but I really had no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then that's when the government steps in and starts blowing up the bridges and stuff, and some good action scenes. You say the government. Whoever. But the terrorists are already in the other city with uh, their daughter, uh, Dana, I think, I think she is. Um, yes, that is confusing. Like, they're already there, and they're ready to blow up another city. I thought it was one a week. And then the bomb goes off. The first bomb goes off. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> like, now, what? <laughs> you're thinking too hard about the plot at this point. Yeah, but up until this point, the plot, not, albeit it's not great, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it's just like, okay, we're here. Now we've blown up this thing. Now we're here for... Mm. This plot did lose me a little bit as well, because there's a point in this film when it's literally just 20 minutes of Jamie Lee Curtis just screaming... <laughs> Yeah. Constantly. It, for 20 minutes. It got a bit much. It did get a little bit shrill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eventually they managed to rescue her from the speeding car. Mm-hmm. Tia Carrera dies, we guess. Mm-hmm. The nuke gets detonated. Apparently there's no consequences to that. <laughs> yeah. Just a nuclear bomb has hit America, but nobody cares. Mm-hmm. But it's not over yet because, as you mentioned, Art Malik has actually somehow managed to kidnap the daughter. Mm-hmm. Who, this movie has not mentioned for a good 90 minutes, but mm-hmm. now she's important again. Yep. So, suddenly we're back in like... The city? Is it New York? Somewhere? I, I'm, I'm going to assume somewhere near Florida. Like, initially I thought LA, but, like, I know that's on the opposite side of the country, sure. so, like, it's not. But, mm. Yeah, I have no idea where this is supposed to be. No. Anyway, he's kidnapped Arnie and JLC's daughter. Mm. So Arnie hears about this, commandeers a fighter jet, flies straight off to try and save his daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also the terrorist, Arm Alex, still has one nuclear bomb left. I think there were two. One got detonated, the other one he's got hold of. Mm-hmm. So then he's holding the daughter to ransom and threatening to detonate this last bomb. Mm-hmm. The daughter, Dana, steals the... makes no sense with his threat. No, not at all. His threat was like, one bomb a week until you, the American government, do this, whatever my demands are. Sure. Like, okay, so you detonated one and then half an hour later... Well, no, to be fair, the, the first the other one, one... Well, to be fair, like, <clears throat> events haven't turned out the way he hoped. That first bomb got detonated, I think, in, like, mid-air or safely. It wasn't like it was dropped on a city. No, that bomb was covered in concrete and then detonated. Yes, but I don't think it was detonated where it was supposed to be. I think it was at a safe enough distance. No, because that was where they filmed the video, where they said, like, one a week. It didn't go off there. Yeah, it did. No, it didn't. Did it, it not? No, I don't think so. You sure? I don't know. I feel like his plans were sidelined by the fact that Arnie basically killed half his crew okay. I don't know it, it doesn't matter I don't think he had killed anybody by, by the time he they, had killed they, many they, by people by the time they set the countdown sure I don't know I felt like that bomb went off but it didn't hurt anyone he was expecting it to hurt people I don't know sure I don't know what to tell you I genuinely mm-hmm. don't it doesn't matter the point is it doesn't matter to James Cameron no 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 because this film it, it's not about that it's you're fun. focusing too much on the details mm-hmm. Harry. the point is but in Skyscraper, the details make sense. I can't believe you're defending Skyscraper against True Lies. I really thought this would be like, okay, I thought I liked Skyscraper, but this is the real deal. That's what I was expecting here. No. No? Okay. Anyway, so Elijah Duskew's character, the daughter, Donna, mm. she steals the ignition key for the second nuclear bomb, mm-hmm. ends up on the top of a crane. She like climbs onto a crane mm-hmm. to kind of get away from him. Mm-hmm. Art Malik's chasing her. It's very dangerous. Arnie comes up in his plane. Mm-hmm. There's a bit where he flies up. And he's like, it's more like a hovercraft, really. Yeah. It. I don't know how that plane works. No, I generally didn't know that planes like that could actually take off 
vertically. I don't think they can either. But so he's like, <laughs> I mean, they, they, they can in like Marvel films, but sure, that's something else. That's in the future. Yeah. yeah. But no, 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 no. That's present day, John. Look, this episode's running long already. Let's not get into the mechanics of how Marvel planes work. Okay, well, it's present day. Fine, um, carry on. Fine. So Arnie flies up and he's like, "Jump, Dana, jump!" She jumps from the crane onto the front of the plane. She's hanging on by like one hand to broken glass. To broken glass. Yes. She's fine. She's fine. Yes. Art Malik jumps onto the back of the plane. Mm-hmm. He's still trying to get to them. Arnie's trying to fly away. Mm-hmm. Art Malik climbs to the front. There's a whole shootout. Mm-hmm. He tries to shoot them both. Arnie kind of punches him. Maybe does he? Mm-hmm. Something. Art Malik falls. Ends up getting his like braces or his pants or something. Something. Hooked, yeah. Hooked on the missile. Oh, I think it's the strap of his gun that he's the strap, wearing. Oh, the strap of his gun gets hooked onto the the front of the missile. The front missile of the plane that Arnie's mm-hmm. flying. So Arnie gives his fantastic closing line. You're fired. Mm-hmm. Fires the missile, which conveniently fires through an already blown up skyscraper mm-hmm. and hits another helicopter full of terrorists. Mm-hmm. All the terrorists get blown up and killed. Yes. Would have been a much, much better line if that terrorist in a previous part of the film had been pretending to be an employee of Arnie. True. Because then when he says, you're fired, it'd be like, it oh, Chris is like he's fired from the job. Yeah. Or if but also... been like Donald Trump or something. Because yeah. well, the offence is, you're fired. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, you could have said Alan, Alan Sugar Alan or whatever. Sugar, sure, if you want to be British, yeah, sure. I am British. Sure, but, you know. <laughs> what do you mean, this, if you want to be British? Well, this film isn't British. Fine, yeah, okay, I get it, I get what you mean. Mm. And that's the end of the film. Oh, well, and then the, so the film ends, the family are reunited, America's saved, and now Arnie and Jamie Lee Curtis get to be ludicrously conspicuous secret agents together. Aww, and they go to a love and big mansion, do the tango together. Yep. We see Bill Paxton again. Once again, he pisses himself because mm-hmm. this film is quite cruel. Mm-hmm. And then it ends. Yes. Well, I'm glad I thought so, you'd but... like this more than you'd. I really thought you'd like this one. Yeah. Um, clearly, well, I was wrong. Yes, clearly you were. Okay. Well, I guess that we're done with the plot. So, drinking games. Sure. Okay. So, do you want me to go first? Uh, sure. So I had drink every time a character escapes a hail of bullets unscathed. Mm-hmm. Is there any character that's not Arnie? Yeah. Well, one of my favourite scenes in this film is uh, Tom Arnold when, again, he's being chased by, I think, the main terrorist guy. Mm. And the guy shoots, like, a machine gun at him. There's, like, bullets. Oh. Oh, and he hides going. behind a, a lamppost. Yes. And nothing hits him, even though he is a lot <laughs> larger of a target than a lamppost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That was very funny to me. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Fair. And um, it happens to Arnie multiple times. And, yes, and Jamie Lee Curtis, there's lots of like bullets flying everywhere, but obviously the heroes never get hit. I suppose they don't know. With her own gun that she drops downstairs. True, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking idiot. First one, drink for explosions. Mm. Wow, yes. Because, mm. I mean, well, there's not a lot, but just when they happen, they're very much there's like... There's lots of them, yeah. It's there. Yes. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Drink every time a woman gets slapped. <laughs> Great. Like, so Art Malik, the terrorist... Slaps Tia Carrera multiple times. Mm. Jamie Lee Curtis and Tia Carrera slap each other a lot. In that car. In that car. And also, well, it's not, I don't, it probably doesn't count as a slap, but certainly during the SWAT team scene, mm. when Jamie Lee Curtis is with Bill Paxton, she gets like a rifle butt to the head. Like some proper, yeah, she she takes some real abuse in this film. Yeah. It's hard to watch. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you say hard to watch or hot to watch? Hard to watch. Wow. That's Harry. I don't know what your fucking predilections are, but watching women get brutalised... I just misheard you. That's all I... Sure, whatever, whatever. Anyway. Um, Drink for attempted one-liners. Go on. Because this film has a lot of them. You say attempted as if they don't work. Yeah. 
None of them work in this. Like this, of Arnie's quotes. You're fired is good. You're fired. Is, no, it. Like I say, it would have been good if he was an employee. Would have been great. He's firing him off a, a missile on a fighter jet. Mm. I think it works. No, no, no. no. no um, getting knocked out into a urinal. Cool off. No, no. If you were Mister Freeze at the time, yeah, cool off works. But no, cool off does not work in urinal. Urinals are not known for being cool. Alright, I feel like your standards are, for this are too high, but fine. Um, what others are there? To be fair, there's not low. It's not like it's Batman and Robin where it's like every line. There's a lot. They're, they're sparing. There's maybe there's three a lot. or four. Um, well, h- would, h- would... H- here's my invitation. Why that's is there okay. an explosion? What's the point of the explosion? That's not an invitation. That's just like... It's it... a distraction. No, here's my invitation. Punch in the face, knock the guy out. Okay, sure. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Here's my invitation. Boom, explosion. Now everybody knows. Okay. Would That's you count invitation. as a one-liner the bit where, in the truth serum scene where Jamie Lee Curtis says, she finds out he's been a secret agent all these mm. years, and she says, have you ever killed anybody? Mm. And he says, yeah, but they were all bad guys. Mm, it's not far off, because like Arnie's one-liners, a lot of them, the quality is terrible. Obviously, he's got some of the biggest one-liners in history. Sure. But the majority of them are... The, deli- the, d- d- the delivery bad. is the problem, yeah. Oh, no, a lot of them, yeah. That one, yeah, I don't know. It's, no, it's didn't, you didn't. It wasn't, it, it, it wasn't really notable enough, I think. Okay, fair enough. Drink for dramatic close-ups on Arnold Schwarzenegger giving, like, this side eye, like... Yeah. There, there was a lot of that. I did notice that because it was the cover. Yeah. <laughs> and when I saw the cover of the film, I was like, is he smirking? Yeah. I already don't like this film. And then Charlotte was like, I don't think he's smirking. It's, it's not really a smirk. It's and, more and, and, a... and then she was like, is this the Mona Lisa? <laughs> it's more of a threat than a smirk. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but then he it's does like a it. Glower. But then he does it a few times in the film. And, it's... and it really closes in on the eyes. Yeah. You know? Okay, this is, a, I guess, an obvious one. Drink for cliche. Drink for cliche. Sure. I mean, yeah. this film lives on cliche. So yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would have liked it if there was more of it, but yeah, no, there wasn't. Okay. Uh, drink for broken glass. Okay, so there is a lot? lot of broken glass in this film. Yeah, lots of like running through mirrors and smashing mirrors. She smashes the double-sided glass between them when mm-hmm. she's being interrogated. I Which think... at that point, by the way, that's the point where Arnie and what's his face would be Tom like, Arnold, yeah. "Okay, well, someone needs to know about this now that she's actually made she's ser- caused serious, damage, serious to the... damage to the room. Yeah. We can't get away with this anymore." <laughs> yeah, who they were reporting to, who knows? Um, okay, my last one now. Uh, drink for terrorist making mistakes. Okay. Which happens all the goddamn time. What would you count as a mistake from a terrorist? Firing a rocket launcher backwards. Mm-hmm. Driving off a bridge because you're turning around trying to shout at your other terrorist friends, saying mm-hmm. that you just fired the thing backwards. Yeah. Not keeping an eye on the key of the detonator yes. at, at, at the end. That was a f- very fatal flaw. Yeah. The battery running out. Yeah. There is just everything. Um, I mean, that, I guess that does tie into the kind of racist undertones of this film of just like these are a completely incompetent group of people. Yeah, yeah I don't think it takes the concerns of the Arabic community seriously. No, I don't think it does. does it? <laughs> if anything, yeah. it makes light of them. it. Does it? Yeah, exactly. Because like the speech he's giving, as much as he's painted as like a terrible terrorist, the speech he's giving about how America is, you know, bombing their women and children and mm. stuff, in another film could be taken very seriously but in this one it's played purely for laughs which is <laughs> yeah. questionable yeah. yeah okay I had two more drink for strong extra work mm. especially in the hotel I liked all the extras going whoa no <laughs> jumping out the way the horse and the mm-hmm. motorcycle loved it and my final one is drink every time Jamie Lee Curtis screams Barry 
She did get very shrill. She did, yes. Yeah. God, what a stupid film. I really, I'm, I really thought you'd like this more. I apologise. I really thought this would be like a swing and a hit for you. It's not your worst pick. Oh, okay. By a well, long way, this is miles ahead of Yentl. Okay, good. But... Well, that's, I like that Yentl is now our baseline. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I'm, if I'm, it's better than Yentl. What, this year, I hope to go lower than Yentl. Oh, God, I, no. Well, please I, don't. Because I feel please like don't. we have to... I, I, mostly, I'll do higher, but I, I, I don't want to like rest on Yentl. Guys, if, if anybody would like to be a co-host for Beyond the Box set, then there's a space opening, because I'm leaving. Oh, please. <laughs> if you're going to try and get less than Yentl... Well, I mean, I have to keep pushing the boundaries. No, no, direction. you don't. Push it upwards. Okay. Don't push below Yentl. Never push below Yentl. Okay. Put that on a t-shirt. Never push below Yentl. <laughs> Great. Cool. <laughs> Prince of Tides, we're doing it. Oh, God. Okay, well, uh, before we get some sequels, I'm going to talk about Patreon. So, if you have enjoyed the podcast so far, any of the 99 episodes, and mm-hmm. hell, if you enjoy the 100th episode as well, then, you know, you're probably better at yeah. Um Come and support us on patreon.com slash set. You can donate as much or as little as you like, and if you do... We'll give you a bonus show in which we review films in the cinema, mm-hmm. which can generally be quite fun. We just actually crossed our 50th episode at the time of recording. Our um, 50th bonus episode. The 50th yeah. bonus episode, that is, yeah, um, where we reviewed The Favourite, which, I mean, it was, it, was, it was fun to watch and fun to review as well. Absolutely, I would agree, yes. Um, what's the one we did before that? I've forgotten already. Uh, Bird Box. Bird Box. Ne- we did Bird Box on Netflix because we had a gap in cinema, yeah. That was fun to review. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there. There was much to discuss. Yeah. Definitely, yes. So yeah, there's there's that. Um, also, if you become a Patreon, then once a month you can have a thirty second advert slot put on the main show, mm-hmm. and also uh, every now and then um, we will pick a patron who can pick the film for the main show for us. Yeah, um, whatever that's going to be. If you want to pick a film that does already have a sequel or anything, then we'll do that on a bonus show. But uh, yeah, essentially you get you pick any film and we'll we'll do it. We will. So yeah, all that's available at patreon.com slash set, and we would be very, very appreciative if you did support us at all. Great. It yes. helps us keep the lights on. It uh, motivates us to keep doing this every week or whatever. Mm-hmm. Feels like every day. Oh, please. Hi, I'm Mike from the Genuine Chit Chat Podcast, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. I speak to a wide variety of guests, from travellers to musicians, to those afflicted with mental or physical illnesses. There's really no subject that's off-limits, from movies to politics, and even controversial topics ranging from sex to drug reform and political correctness. So if you still believe in the art of conversation, are intrigued by healthy debates with different ideas and perspectives you may not have thought of, and want a podcast where every episode is about something different with a variety of guests, then this may be the podcast for you. You can hear us on YouTube and all your favourite podcast apps, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So if you want to hang out and listen to honest conversations with interesting people, then come to Genuine Chit Chat, where I'm your host, Mike Burton. Great. Sequels. Sequels. Well, you go first, because it's my film. Okay. Okay. So I've got one that is starring, I think, the most underwritten character of this film. Do go on. Dana. Oh, mine's kind of Dana-centric as well, but that's okay, you go. Is it? Okay, okay. Well, I got there first, so it's fine. Yeah, sure. So, I reckon that she's clearly got something else going on while her parents are spying about. Oh, is this like a mid-call then? Mm, sort of thing, yeah. Interesting, okay. Side-call. Side-call, sure, yeah. So this is the daughter who was played by Elijah Dushku. Yes, Yes. Dana. Dana. Yes. Jump, Dana, jump. And uh, my title is uh, True Lies, Dana of a Day. Day another day. Like it. Like it. Okay. 
So yeah, Dana is going to be played by, in this film, Natalie Dyer, who is Nancy from Stranger Things. That's the older sister of the main character, right? The Will yeah. character. Yeah, that's right. Sure, okay. Yeah, because I, I really like her. She's the first person I thought of in the right age yeah. range. Sure. And um, The bitch who abandons Barb to her death and never asks about her again. <sighs> Poor Barb. Don't remind me of Barb. Poor Barb. <laughs> Barb was the best. Justice for Barb. Anyway, carry on. So I'm not sure if what I've got written here is quite rambly. It probably is, but... Um, that's nothing that's, new. That's your job in editing, really, isn't it? Okay, so... Dana actually works for a company. So is this set directly at the same time as True Lies? Vaguely. It, 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 it's going to be mostly before, I think. Okay, because um, I feel like Dana I mean, is well, 14 and like Nancy's like 16 or 17, isn't she? Sure. I mean, you'll clearly see see where this is going. Okay, fine. I mean, make it look a bit younger or something. I don't know. Sure, okay, fine. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, she actually works for another spy company. Okay. Who I've named... Big Daddy Defense. Ooh, it's been a while since Big Daddy have been brought in. And they're not massively in this. They're just there on the sidelines, sure. really. Okay, well, it's nice to bring them out for 99. Yeah. yeah. So it's Big Daddy Defense. Not Big, Big Daddy, Daddy Corp, Defense. Not okay. Big Daddy Corp like normal. Their tagline is, the real last line of defense. Okay. Because, like, Arnie's thing was the last line of defense. Okay, sure. These guys are the real last line you of You can defense. tell because they've branded themselves so, so they have to be. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sure, okay. I mean, same with Arnie's. He's branded themselves up, so... Yeah, sure. So it's such a super secret organisation that even, like, the president doesn't know they exist. Mm-hmm. This is beyond anything. So did you say she's working for them? Yeah, she's working for At them. At the age of 14. Mm. So Do Jamie LeCursis and Arnie know about this? No. Okay. No, nobody does. So she's a child agent for the most powerful mm-hmm. line of defence for the American government. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, a lot of this is going to be kind of a, a sort of an induction and a training kind of thing for the first half of the film maybe sure I think Kingsman 1 did you watch that yes I watched it with you did you maybe I think you watched Kingsman 2 maybe I watched Kingsman 1 in preparation for watching Kingsman 2 with you sure I've seen it I've seen it yes Yes. no I do remember you talking about it yeah so yeah it's going to be a little bit of that there's going to be a team of other people all around her age all going through different training stuff so she goes to high school every day as far as their parents know Mm -hmm. and maybe they drop her off at school or something I don't know sure but then there's a whole other thing going on. Oh, wait, because normally she gets to school in the in the film. Well, the one time we see her going to school is she jumps on the back of a motorcycle. Oh, we'll get to that. Oh, is that planned in? I was yeah. thinking, is he like a secret agent? Yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Um, I mean, I, again, I say we'll get to that. It's really not very much. He's just a fake boyfriend who's been planted just to keep her parents off the scent of her being anything other than just a rebellious teenager. Yeah, like it. Because... You know, a slight, slightly older boyfriend played by Jason Momoa. Yeah, that's fine. That's 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 believable. Oh, he's played by Jason Momoa. Yeah, why not? <laughs> like current Jason Momoa. Yeah, that not seemed... saying that he's the right age range, but that's the point. He's like thirty-seven. She's like fourteen. I mean, he's there as literally a fake boyfriend to be like, sure. I feel hey, like... look, hey, look, that is a problem. I feel that, like... is, that is an obvious. I feel problem. like Arnie would be concerned if Jason Momoa showed up and picked up his daughter, his fourteen-year-old daughter. That's the point to be concerned over that and not anything else. Okay. Completely throw them off the scent. Okay. So yeah, essentially Dana was recruited at the time of uh, entering high school age, so she's okay. essentially gone to spy school okay. instead of high school. Sure. Which uh, I thought would be fun. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, she was recruited especially because her dad is a spy. Sure. Okay. So that's, that makes sense. Uh, everybody there who's recruited, their parents are all spies for some agency or whatever. Okay. Um, so she's working for the same basic goal as her parents, but her parents don't know that she's working. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. So it's not that she's a double agent. They're all working for the American government, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the greater good. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. Maybe there's a there's a point where all that her classmates are clearly children of famous spies from films. Oh, that'd be fun, yeah. So, like, 
don't know, maybe you've got like Jaden Smith is playing Will Smith's son from Men in Black. Sure. Or something. And others. Sure, yeah. I don't know. I'm not, not going to go through and cast them all now because they're generally all just white men that look like Jason Bourne. No, but that could be fun. Yeah. yeah. There should be like 17 kids who all claim to be the sons or daughters of James Bond because he's just fathered so many kids because he's just shagging around so much. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they don't, none of them know each other. Yeah. It's like, so who's your dad? <laughs> they're, they're all different races. Yeah, they're all, diff- they're all from different mothers. It's, it's a whole big thing and they don't know each other and it's like, oh, who's your dad? Oh, my dad's the famous spy James Bond. What? No, my dad's the famous spy James Bond. And it just becomes a whole thing. Yeah. Oh yes, and definitely that in this world he is the famous undercover spy James Bond. Yeah, everyone's heard of. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, but they've all got different pictures of him. Some of them have got Sean Connery. Some of them are Pierce Brosnan. Mm-hmm. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Um, so Dana, she's not actually doing that well at spy school. Okay. Like, so I wanted to make a spy film where they're not the best in the world. Sure. So I mean, she's fine. She's she's not about to fail and drop out, but mm-hmm. she's running up top of her class. She's nowhere near. Sure. So, you know, she's making a few mistakes here. She's blundering about a little bit. Mm. Yeah, now, at one point, her and her group of friends, they've got this game that they play. Okay. Where essentially whoever loses whatever training they do that day, like whatever exercise games or whatever, I don't know, whoever loses them, loses that game, has to get strapped down to a chair and watch what their parents were up to that evening until there's nudity, and then it gets turned off. Oh, interesting. Okay. So... Essentially, they've all given their parents some kind of a gift where they can spy on their parents. Very okay. important, given that one or both of their parents are spies. Oh, I see. So it's like maybe a, like a teddy bear or like some kind of ornaments with a secret camera inside so they can watch their own parents. A camera and a microphone. Dana gave, um, I think it was her dad, I'm not sure, a locket with okay. a picture of them both in it. Oh, okay. Which you do see in the film. Fair enough. In okay. True Lies. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. Uh, now, unfortunately for Dana, normally this is quite a, a monotonous game. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what you wanted. I had to throw that word in there. Sorry, listeners, I had to ask John what that word meant initially when I wrote this. Yeah, because it's uh, quite a monotonous game, it is expected to be quite boring. Mm. However, tonight, it's not even slightly boring. Oh, is she watching a night of... She's watching a night in a hotel room. Oh, interesting. Um, <laughs> where, uh, yeah, her mum is a prostitute and her dad is French. Um <laughs> Wow, every child's nightmare. <laughs> yes, entirely. Yeah, and so this gets to the point where her dad blows his cover um, at the same moment as they both get abducted. And right. she's like, well, that's news. Yes. <laughs> that's something. Uh, that's not boring. So, yeah, she knows what her dad's like. And uh, although he knows. So, does she know at this point that her dad's a secret agent? Has oh, she yeah, been yeah, 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 she, yeah she's, she's always known that he's a secret agent. She's always known, even though her mum didn't know. Well, uh, since being inducted into this spy school. Oh, I see. Okay, so she's not. Her dad doesn't know that she knows, but she knows. Yes. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, She knows that her dad. He's pretty good at his job. Sure. Um, So, although he normally prioritizes work, now his wife is actually involved. Mm -hmm. She has no idea what's going to happen. He's going to get thrown off his game. Anything could happen. Sure. So she's like, someone needs to step in. I'm going to step in. Sure. I need to go and help somehow. So she goes and speaks to her boss. Okay. Something that Arnie never does. Okay, yeah, that's true. Who's her boss? So she walks into the largest office anybody has ever seen. Okay. Um, and at one end is a corner window with a desk there. And, uh, well, the boss is clearly sitting in the chair facing out the window. Um, oh, in like a swivel chair, so you can only see the back. Definitely, yes. Yeah. And uh, the other end is uh, it's a dance studio with a wooden floor. Okay. And a wall of mirrors. Interesting. The desk chair swings round, and there is a boss stroking a white cat. Do you remember the title of this film? Remind me. Dana other day? Dana other day, so is it Judy Dench? Nope. It's been a while since I've seen Dana. Madonna. Madonna! Oh, interesting, interesting, okay. The boss is Madonna. 
Wow, the acting quality of this film just went way down. Mm, sure. <laughs> didn't it just? Um, this is what the film needed. This is what True Lies needed. A Madonna cameo. Mm. Sure, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dana explains the situation to Madonna and uh, requests that she is put in the case. Um, from intel she, she is gathered, she expects that the terrorists will be coming after her at home to like a doctor or something. Mm-hmm. And Madonna says, well, show me you're ready to go in the field. And while dressing towards the dance studio. Oh, uh, so it's just do a full dance routine? Now? I was going to say a fight routine. Okay. I'd, ra- I'd rather see Madonna. Well, more sort of like dance fighting. Sure, okay. Choreographed fighting. Yes, yeah. very sure. much. You know, kind of thing that Madonna would be like, I know I'm 60, but like, look at me. Sure, okay. In that way that Madonna does so well. Okay. How was my Madonna there? Was that good? <laughs> I mean, the amount of accents Madonna's tried over the years, who can say anymore? <laughs> yeah, so uh, it, it, it all works out, essentially. Dana gets put into the field by Madonna. Uh, Madonna says, no casualties. Keep damage to a minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want these guys taken alive. We don't want to take a financial hit about this. We don't want our agency uncovered. So her mission was to make sure that all of the terrorists are taken alive. Taken alive without any damage, yes. Well, that's clearly not going to happen. <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, Dana gets home, uh, goes home, and as expected, gets abducted by terrorists. Okay. Entirely to plan. Right. Um, she plays the whole innocent young girl act that she's been taught for the last few years, and it works flawlessly. Mm, okay. She's taken to a small skyscraper and is brought up to the top floor. She rolls her eyes at this, because being on the top floor, you're very prone to air attacks. Yes. So, like... Why? why? Why go there? Just go in a basement somewhere. Sure, yeah. But uh, Yeah, that would have screwed up Arnie's plan entirely. <laughs> it really would. Go down, not up. Yeah. Yeah, well, at one point when nobody's really looking at her, because the terrorist is doing his camera thing, no one's paying attention to her, she notices that they've left the key in the uh, in the detonator. She's like, mm-hmm. I was going to take that. Yeah. She takes it and starts walking off. She gets found out straight away, because like I say, she's not the best in her class. Mm-hmm. She's good at getting noticed, which, as a spy... Not great. Not a great skill, yeah. I guess it runs in the family, should we say. Probably. Yeah, and so uh, she does her best to try and get away from the terrorist and stop him from getting the key. Rather than doing anything like stamping on the key or dropping it from the height of a skyscraper or anything like that, no. She decides to get as far away from the terrorist as possible. And the only way she can do so is climb onto the roof. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And then from there, he's still following her, she climbs up into a crane. Climbs right to the very edge of a crane where she can't get any further away from anybody ever. Because mm-hmm. she hasn't thought anything through. No, of she's not, not great. No. Like father, like daughter. Exactly. But luckily, at this point, a plane turns up. Her dad nowhere. shows up, yeah. The hover plane, yeah. Yeah. And, um, well, yeah, I mean, then she suddenly has to sort of plead innocent girl instead of trained spy. Just be like, oh my god, no, save me. And, Good impression uh, of Eliza Dushku there, yeah. Thank you. I've been practicing. And, um, well, yeah, I mean, the scene plays out fairly similar, Mm -hmm. shall we say. She rolls her eyes a lot at a lot of different things. For example, her dad coming up and then just causing all the damage in the world. Sure. Which is obviously what she was told not to do. Yes. And bringing the terrorists alive, well, that didn't work out so well, did it? (laughs) Yes, and, uh, well, that's that's pretty much what I've got with that. I'm not sure if there's... If there's more of an end to that. No, I like that. I, I, like... Don't, I don't know if they get down land and have a bit of a hug if she reveals her identity to him as well. And so then they become a family of three spies. Well, I like the I like the idea that she doesn't because the original film obviously ends with the mum and the dad both being secret agents. Mm. But yeah, Dana, because she is very resourceful in that last mm-hmm. half hour. So I like the idea that she keeps her own secret identity from her family. But she knows that they're secret agents, but they don't. They think she's a regular schoolgirl, like mm. a helpless schoolgirl. 
I think that works. Mm-hmm. I think that could be very good. And it ties very nicely into my sequel. Oh, great. So, is your uh, Dana other day too? My man is Dana as an adult. Okay. So, should we move on to that? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. So, my sequel takes place in the present day. Mm-hmm. The year is 2019. Mm-hmm. She has followed... Oh, very modern. I know, right? Mm. So, Dana, Dana, has followed her mother and father into the Omega sector. Mm-hmm. She's now working for the same security okay. American company. As what? As, as a secret agent. Okay. As a, you know, as, a, as, as some kind of secret agent. So, she's a spy. She's not like... The X-ray receptionist. No, she's absolutely more of a spy. Yeah, she, <laughs> she, she's on the field. Yeah, I mean, she could be anything in between. She could be, yeah, but no, she's a spy. She's yeah. the spy, and she's now a high-ranking agent. Mm-hmm. Like them, she's also living a double life, juggling parenthood with uh, her career. Oh, okay. So she's married to a much like Arnie is married to like a boring office worker played by Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm. I feel like she's married to like a boring guy. I'm basically gender flipped it. Fair. Now I was thinking the guy could be Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Because... Okay. Interested to see where you're going with this. In the original film, Arnie's married to Jamie Lee Curtis, who is super hot, but has been dressed down to look like she's some dowdy housewife. Mm-hmm. And the half, first half of the film, she's spent like, you know, oh, I've got big glasses and bad hair. And then soon it's like, aha, I have giant boobs. And Okay. You know, so yeah. what's Ryan Reynolds supposed to be then? Well, because he's got a good body. You know what mm-hmm. I mean, like he's really ripped. Like, is he just your first pick for like good body? Well, he's not to my taste, but... Really thought you'd go for like Chris Pratt or something. No, I would personally. No, I would personally. But but in terms of like, I don't know. I was thinking of people who were like conventionally muscly and ripped and which isn't really my taste in men. But I don't. I don't think Chris Pratt would work for this particularly. Okay. I was trying to go for like a. I, I don't know. Ryan Reynolds works for this because I think he's he's funny and he's got that like six pack kind of like you know mm. very ripped muscly which you know mm-hmm. people I don't like it. Some people like it. Doesn't matter. So he's going to be wearing a lot of like heavy jumpers and slacks and like, you mm-hmm. know, like a bad hair. Let's give him like a really bad comb over. <laughs> it's Ryan Reynolds very much dressed down. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're a couple. They've got kids, you know, and in a complete role reversal, he's like the stay-at-home dad raising the kids and she's in real life a secret agent, but he thinks that she's like got some high-flying sales job where she has to travel a lot. You know? mm-hmm. So he doesn't know that she's a secret agent, basically. Mm-hmm. Anyway... Obviously, Arnie and Jamie Lee Curtis, they've retired because they're like in their 70s at this point. Mm-hmm. So they spend a lot of time babysitting the kids Yeah. while Dana is traveling the world, conducting exciting secret missions. Obviously, they know what she's doing. Yeah. Uh, and they really want to get back in. Like, they are not, <laughs> co- they're not coping well with being retired, especially Arnie. So the first, like, third of this film is going to be like a comedy about him really trying to interfere with Dana's job. And she's like, Dad... You know, you passed it, leave me alone, all this kind of stuff. Uh, so he's always trying to interfere. Meanwhile, Ryan Reynolds just doesn't know anything. He's oblivious, you know. Mm. Anyway, one day, a terrorist organization who are not going to be Muslims, because this is not the way beyond the box set rules. very forward thinking. Well yeah, yeah, we are not going to subscribe to this cultural stereotype. Is it going to be any particular race of people or is that going to be something different? Well, I was thinking to move completely away from common racial stereotypes. Listeners, it sounds like he's about to go straight in for it. No. I was thinking, let's just say... It's not Muslims, it's Jewish people. No, no. For, for Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid, no. Absolutely not. I was thinking, like, just, just make them something that... Let's make them Finnish. Finnish? They are Finns. You know what, to be fair, European terrorists in films mm. always go down well. Look at Die Hard. Yeah. It works so well. German villains, British villains... Swedish villains. The Swedish villains are the 
Yeah. Well, Prometheus got Swedish like, instead. I have no idea what Finnish. No, but fin- I chose fin- I chose Finns very deliberately okay. because German villains. Yeah, it's done. Hitler, blah blah blah. It, mm. It's still a bit of yeah. It's not offensive, but it's like it, it's overdone. Russian villains. It's overdone. Oh god, yeah. Finns. When have you ever seen Finns play a role in you know? I I don't know. I don't know Finnish people at all though. Well, it's just you know where Finland is, right? Well, yeah, but like I don't know what the people are like. Well, if, if you were to pick somebody like. Canadians, for example. Sure. I'd love to see what Canadian villains would be like. Well, I've gone with Finns. Okay, sure. So. Is your, is your story? It's a batch of. It, it is a group of Finnish extreme terrorists. Did you say a batch of Finnish It's people? a group. It's a batch. It's a group. Yes, it's a batch. It's, 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 it's a bad batch. It's though. a freshly baked batch of Finns. But yeah. it's a bad batch. It's a bad batch. It's a bad batch of Finns. <laughs> that is the collective, the collective noun for uh, yeah, a group a of Finnish of people. Fins, a batch of Finns. A batch of Finns. And. I think I think the correct plural is Elodia Finns. Oh yeah. yeah. Anyway, they're Finnish terrorists with a plan to detonate the polar ice caps <laughs> to accelerate climate change. Brilliant. And plunge the world into eternal winter, much Brilliant. like the ones they've suffered in their cold and dark country. Okay. So it's like the whole world will be as cold and dark and wintry as Finland is. Sure. So is that is that the whole plan? Is that is that the whole aim? That's their plan. That's okay, the so, scheme. So their aim is literally like Hey, we're having a tough time here. We want you to have a tough time as well. Well, maybe it's like we're going to hold the world to ransom, much like the Crimson Jihad did in the original. Mm. It's like, pay us billions of dollars, whatever, or we will detonate these bombs and make you suffer as we have suffered a lifetime of winter. Always winter, never Christmas. Right, okay. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah, Finnish villains. Uh <laughs> These Finnish terrorists... To be fair, it would work for Canadians as well. It would, but I've gone with Finns. I'm sticking with Finns. <laughs> sorry, fucking hell, sorry. Stop taking away from my Finnish idea. Okay. I think it's workable. So... Let me know when it's finished. These Finnish <laughs> villains... I'm not even dignifying that. I am. Um, burst into the house one day, mm. into Elijah Dushku's house, mm. and they kidnap Donna, Elijah Dushku, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Maybe she has crucial information about their organisation. Maybe she's been like tracing them. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. We're applying full true lies logic. Okay. Point is, she ki- they kidnap her, leaving Arnie and Jamie Lee Curtis to decide to embark on one final mission to rescue their daughter, mm-hmm. who's just been kidnapped by the Finns. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Ryan Reynolds is going to follow in tow. He's only just discovered, because he was in the house at the time, that his wife and his in-laws are on ruthless killing machines. Lovely. So he's going to react to that. So then we're going to have a bit of a rehash of the original plot of the film. So this is Jamie Lee Curtis and Arnold Schwarzenegger Travelling to Finland to track down these terrorists, bringing Ryan Reynolds along as he's younger. He's you know he can do things that he can be undercover. Mm-hmm. He can do the things they can't. He's their kind of secret undercover agent. Yeah, we're obviously going to need a reversal of the striptease scene. So I was thinking maybe he has to. Why what? Do we need Arnie stripping? No, it's not Arnie. Oh thank God, fucking it's Ryan Reynolds. Come on. Oh God, that makes so much more sense. I'm not going to make 70 year old Arnie with his saggy muscle skin strip. No. There's limits. So. No. <laughs> Ooh, that was going to be a disaster. Yeah. Maybe the Finns are hiding out in a strip joint. Mm-hmm. Like their secret agency is the cover for it is that it's a, a male strip club. Yeah. Like a Magic Mike style thing. Yeah. Obviously JLC and Arnie are too old to infiltrate this. So they're like Ryan over to you. And so he's playing the Jamie Lee Curtis role in this film. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a lot of slacks and sweatpants and <laughs> jumpers and denim, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be like this moment, just like in the original where Jamie Lee Curtis is like ripping up her dress. He'll be like, slick back his hair, 
he'll pull off his shirt and bam, it'll be sexy Ryan Reynolds. He'll be like, yep. oh my God, who knew I had this body? Sure. And then he goes in and he does his sexy dance. And much like her, he can't dance. Just recreates that scene that Jamie Lee Curtis does in the original. Yeah. Meanwhile, Arnie and JLC are obviously saving the day. They're doing their secret spy stuff. Uh, I think Arnie at some point definitely has to dramatically ride a reindeer through the streets of Helsinki. Oh, God. Rather than a horse. He's, he's just riding a reindeer. Mm-hmm. You know, like giant Arnie mm-hmm. on a tiny reindeer, just chasing some terrorist on a motorcycle. Sure. I've not cast the terrorist. I don't think it matters. Meanwhile, JLC, Jamie Lee Curtis, definitely has to get to a point where she has to defuse the nuclear bomb that's going to blow mm-hmm. up the ice cap. Yep. So she'll be on the ice cap with the nuclear bomb. It's like counting down like 15 just seconds. Wait, just check it. They're thousands of miles apart, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yes. Yes. For reasons, doesn't matter. We'll yeah. explain it somehow. Yeah. Because this is the, I feel like this is the one cliche from the original movie that they, mo- that they missed. Yeah, the one action movie cliche that they didn't do. The countdown. Yeah, so she's trying to defuse a, an atomic bomb. It's counting down. There's like 15 seconds left. Elijah Dushku, wherever she's been taken, she's on the phone to her mom. She's like, cut the blue wire. And Jamie Lee Curtis is like, they're all blue wires. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's just purely that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she defuses the atomic bomb somehow. Arnie captures the villain. Ryan Reynolds does what he needs to do. I don't know. And ultimately, that's it. They rescue Dana and they save the world. And the Finns are defeated. Uh, and Dana learns to respect her parents. And Ryan Reynolds learns the truth about his wife and his in-laws. Mm-hmm. And we end a post-credit scene of the entire family on a new secret mission. All four of them just infiltrating some mansion. Great. And all using their own specific talents. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that would work as like a modern sequel to the film. Yeah. Yeah, I think Do it would. Do you agree? Yeah. yeah. I can see that. I can see that being like a, a genuinely sellable sequel, like as a Ryan Reynolds vehicle yeah. with Elijah Dushku and Jamie Lee Curtis and Arnie as like mostly supporting characters, but just mm. to, to tie it to the original. Yeah, that could work. Yeah. Mm. Maybe not so much, maybe finish terrorism is a bit of a stretch, but you know. I mean, it's just, no, it's just weird and silly. Yes. Look at Kingsman. It's yeah, weird yeah. and silly. I feel like True Lies 2 should be as weird and silly as the original, but mm. just less racist, which is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so just swap Muslims of Finns. Done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's great. Good. Okay. okay, so listener submissions. Yeah, indeed. Okay, I've got a few here. So, uh, John Baisley says, I don't want any sequel to True Lies without Bill Paxton, RIP. And then Drew Lamas replied, thread closed. Oh, well, that's fun. Mm. Yeah, so Bill Paxton, who played the used car salesman mm. slash fake agent, did pass away a couple of years ago, which is we- very sad. It is, because it means that we're never going to get a sequel to any of his films where he's playing any kind of character like this, which he did so yeah, well. no Twister too. We should do Twister on this podcast. Have you seen Twister? Oh, Have you seen Twister? Yeah, and oh my God, it raised a hate for Helen Hunt that I've never had for anybody else in my life. Really? Even more so than Saoirse Ronan. Interesting. Okay, I, we're definitely doing Twister then. Oh God, <laughs> do not like Helen Hunt. She's just so bad. Mm. Anyway. Twister followed by as good as it gets. Great. Got it. So Sean Keith (laughs) says, Arnold and his wife have divorced, Mm. but she's a full-blown spy in her own right by now. He's tried to get back with her several times, but she's not having it. But when Arnold gets kidnapped, she has to save him this time. Like it. I like that a lot, yeah. Mm -hmm. Give her more to do. That'd be Mm -hmm. fun. Um, Caesar Diaz says, Arnold and his family are having financial issues. Spyworth doesn't pay that well anymore. But Simon, who was Simon? Oh, was he the car salesman? Is he? I assume so. Yes, yes. But Simon has become a millionaire owning his own automobile company even bigger than Ferrari. Okay. One day, Arnold, his wife, and Simon all met at a party. Simon offers Arnold $1 billion to spend one night with his wife. 
Oh, it's like Indecent Proposal. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Um, and another um, idea from Caesar Dias, a spin-off, the story of how the plane Arnold used to save his daughter was destroyed during a fight between Thor and the Hulk aboard a S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier. The story should include how a spy, the spy agency Arnold worked for became part of S.H.I.E.L.D., and that is how they acquired the plane, thus making True Lies part of the official MCU canon. Because no film can not be part of the MCU canon anymore. Mm-hmm. Everything has to tie in. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. And my last one here from some idiot called Ross Burton. Helen Tasker, now aware of her husband's actual job, gets him to train her in weapons and tactics. Years later, she uses these skills when she is targeted by a possibly supernatural serial killer around October 31st. Ah, that's interesting. So Ross has tied this into Jamie Lee Curtis's other most famous role, which is obviously the Halloween franchise. Which I... I, I love that tie-in, how, how, having not seen any of those no. films. Cool, okay. So some of mine. Zachary Pierce mm. said, two lies. It had to happen. It had to happen. Straight off the bat. Well done, people. Well there done. We okay. Uh, Benji Tunnell said, liar, liar. As in the Jim oh, Carrey yeah. movie. Okay, sure. That'd be an interesting idea. Huh? Wait, as in like, is, is that all he's got? Yeah. So okay, he's got. So, so that film is, with Jim Carrey and everything, that there is directly a sequel to True Lies. I guess. I've not seen it, so I do not know. It's Jim Carrey. Do you know the plot? Jim, Jim Carrey plays lies. an agent who, a, a lawyer who is cast under a spell where he cannot lie. Oh. That'd be a good film for this podcast, actually. Never it's heard a sequel. Good. We'll do Lie Lie sometime. Mm. Yeah. I have another film on a similar thing to that that is very, very different. And I, it's on my list. I don't know why I'm saying it, because I can't, can't tell you what it is to give it context, but... Okay, well, I look forward to you one day in the future revealing that. Essentially, I have a film on my list. It involves lies. That's the information I've got for you. Sure, okay. But yeah, that could work. Could be interesting. Fernando J. Marquental Willis said, fake news. True lies too, fake news. Yep, yep. Uh, Similarly, Connor Crehan said, true alternative facts. Uh. (laughs) Uh, Dennis Fanning said, true lies die hard. Great. There's some context here. How can the same thing happen to the same guy twice? That's what I've been asking for 30 years. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, Mike Carey said, truer lies, followed by truest lies, followed by the most truest lies. So, Great. Okay. Yeah. Seeing a pattern. All makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Drew Mancini said, true lies two, starring Tom Arnold, basically rehashing the same jokes from the original and trying to get married without telling his girlfriend that he's a spy. Tom Arnold is his, mm. the fat guy. His yeah, best yeah, friend, yeah. yeah. Uh, Arnold and Jamie Lee Curtis will only have cameos via a video phone call. It's going to be a horrible, low-budget action movie, resulting in Tom Arnold getting a pass in the newest Expendables movie. Uh, that okay. could work, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jed Jong said, The Far Future, Harry Tasker, the Arnold Schwarzenegger character, has been cloned by the Resources Development Administration, and the clone Tasker is deployed on the moon. Pandora, working alongside General Quaritch to fight the Na'vi. See where this is going? Jake Sully, who works against the RDA, gets a second clone of Harry Tasker and transfers the consciousness of that clone into an Avatar body. Cyberdyne Systems, moving into mining, moves in on RDA's turf with a Terminator modelled on Harry Tasker. When the heroic Avatar of Harry Tasker is captured, only an Avatar of a clone of Harry's wife, Helen, can save him. So I think basically it's Terminator <laughs> meets Avatar meets... I don't know. That, right. was, a, that was a lot. That yep. drew on a lot of references. <laughs> wow. Yes. Ira Ray said, uh, Truths, a movie where everyone is completely straightforward and honest and nothing dangerous ever happens. Okay, I like it. Yeah. Will Buckingham says, True lies, fake news, fuck it, drink. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Lovely. Yep. And finally, 
Phil Better, of course, says, True Truths. Here we go. Yeah. It's been 25 years since the events of True Lies. Both Harry and Helen are happily retired, living life in Boca Raton. Mm -hmm. However, secretly, each of them have been taking side jobs from the CIA since they missed being in action. Mm -hmm. One day, their daughter, still played by Elijah Dushku, Mm -hmm. is kidnapped by terrorists and it's up to the old gang to save her. This isn't a million miles away from mine. No. Little do they... I didn't steal this from Phil Doubt. Phil Better, I promise. You call him Phil Doubt again. I don't know why. Where does this come from? What's wrong with you? I don't know where this came from. Phil, John does not believe in your podcast. I, I, no, I, no, 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 no. Sorry, not your podcast. John does not believe in you, it no, seems. I don't think you exist, yeah. <laughs> Phil Doubt. One day, their daughter, still played by Elijah Dushku, uh-huh. is kidnapped by terrorists and it's up to the old gang to save her. Little do they know, their daughter is also an agent for the NSA, and when they try to rescue her, they foil an operation to capture an elusive arms dealer. Now they have to work together to save the world. So I guess it's the whole family comes together. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. No, I do like yeah. that. So those are our sequel <clears throat> ideas for True Lies. Thank you very much. If you have any sequel ideas for True Lies or any films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Google Play, and anything else you can think of. If we're not on your preferred podcasting platform, let us know and we will do our best to get onto it. You can also find us on patreon.com forward slash beyond the box set if you would like to subscribe, support us, and gain access to some fabulous bonus content. And our merchandise is available on tpublic.com. And next week, as we have been ramping up for a good while, it's our live episode 100. Harry, it's finally here. Mm. Are you nervous? I'm nervous. Yeah, I'm nervous. Mm. Yeah, it's... um. We're putting a lot of effort into this show, so uh, fingers crossed. I hope it goes down well. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure it will, but like, there's a big part of my mind that's just like, what if this doesn't work? But uh, I don't know. We'll see. We will see. It's going to be good. So it's episode 100, and uh, like I say, this is still going to be on the main feed uh, next week. um, As 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 you're listening to this now, that'll be what the 25th of January or something. I guess. Um, But we're actually doing this. Uh, live on the 19th of January. Saturday, the 19th, Saturday yeah. 19th of January, 8pm. The, the back room of the Chemic Tavern in Leeds, mm-hmm. UK. And if anybody's coming from international places. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be doing E.T. Um, the extraterrestrial... The extraterrestrial... Good start. T What? The extraterrestrial, yeah. Did I get it right? The second time you got it right. Okay, cool. You second-guessed yourself, but yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're going to be doing that. Uh, we will be less drunk than we are right now, because um, we'll probably be a lot more on edge, I imagine. I know, I'm planning to be more. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever calms you down, John, that's, yeah. that's fine by me. It's going to be a good show. Uh, we're, we're going to have some, some on-screen visuals. We're going to be uh, pitching some great sequels. John's actually landed some guests for us. I have. We're going to have the fabulous local comedy improv duo Kenrick and Miller. Okay. Yeah who will be joining us to pitch their own sequels to the mm-hmm. film. Many friends of the podcast are going to be there. We're going to have Louise. We're going to have Ross, I believe. At the plan, currently. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, if these oh, we, we should do, because we've got a lot of podcast recordings planned for the next day, so... Uh, oh, cool, okay. Yeah, I don't see why he wouldn't be there, but uh, you never know. Good, that's a good way of reeling him in, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so hopefully be a good way to, I don't know, some Beyond the Box Set fans to come together and meet each other, and, hmm. you know, obviously we'll be doing some entertainment... The night will just be great in general. John's going to put a playlist together for afterwards. We're going to have a bit of a, a bit of a party. This is news to me, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was just expecting it. Sure. Okay. Really. Yeah. 
Yeah, all over. It's going to be a really good fun night. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. It's mm. going to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, episode 100. That is crazy. It is crazy. It is absolutely crazy. So, uh, well, thank you everybody for getting us through 99 episodes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see what happens for the next one. Yeah, and then here's to episode 200 and beyond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just still quite nervous for next week. That's we'll all. be fine. We'll yeah. be fine, Harry. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Great. So tune in next week for, for E.T. E. the Extraterrestrial. And send us some sequel ideas. By all means. Yeah. To yeah. be honest, we want lots of really good ones from all our um, honest listeners. Yeah, so, so now um, is yeah. the time. Have you been listening for weeks and weeks on end, being like, you know, I could do better than these guys? This is the time. Episode 100 would be a great time to send us a sequel idea. We will read out live in front of a live audience mm-hmm. of people. <laughs> you were about to put a number to that, weren't you? I was about to say tens. I was like, <laughs> tens of people, it's, hopefully. It, it will be tens of people. Uh, yeah. Hopefully at least ten. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It'll be a good time It'll no matter what fun, it is. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, that's enough uh, wrapping up. I think that's pretty much everything done. Mm-hmm. Thank you everybody for listening. And uh, see you all next week. See you Bye. next week. Bye. <laughs>